Welcome to Church Matters, a place where we ask questions about the life of the church at home, across the street, and around the world. Today we will be broadcasting part two of a series on the church's call to generosity. Our guest is Don Rempel-Boschman. This program is brought to you by Mennonite Church Canada. My name is Janet Plennert. And I'm Dan Dick, and we are your hosts. Our guest today is Don Rempel-Boschman. Don is pastor of Douglas Mennonite Church in Winnipeg. He and his wife Kathleen were long-term Mennonite mission workers in Botswana. We will ask Don how his congregation seeks to be faithful as they balance the vast need in the world with the passions of the people in his congregation. In part one, we used a scripture from Deuteronomy 4, verses 6 to 9, to help us focus on what the meaning of the church is in this passage. And here it says, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. Before we speak with Don, let's listen to Generous God by Brian Moyer Suderman. There is a generous God that we believe in, a generous God on whom we depend, a generous God that we belong to, a generous God who calls us friends. There is a generous God that we generous God on whom we depend, a generous God we belong to, a generous God who calls us friends. All the earth is the Lord's, and every living thing draws each breath from you, and so God on whom we depend, a generous God that we belong to, a generous God who calls us friends. You make the sun to shine on good and evil alike, and the A generous God we believe in A generous God on whom we depend A generous God we belong to A generous God who calls us friends With such a generous God Welcome back to part two of this conversation on the Church's Call to Generosity. 
Don, what has inspired your thinking about generosity and giving? A lot of my thinking has been shaped by a, a short conversation I had with a business person in our congregation uh, about three, four years ago. We had gone out for breakfast and we had talked about a lot of things that happened uh, at our church and what was happening in our lives. And then after a, about an hour and a half breakfast, it was time for me to get to work. And so I said I needed to go. And as I got up, this person said to me, Don, I'm really disappointed in you. And so I sat down, of course, and, and said, why are you disappointed in me? And this person said, earlier in our conversation, you told me about this particular program. And I expressed a lot of interest in it. And you never asked me, well, how are you going to show your interest in concrete ways? So I got myself comfortable again, and I told this person about this program once again. And then I added, you seem to be really interested in this. How do you want to uh, support this program? Do you want to commit yourself to praying about it? Do you want to commit yourself to volunteering this program? Do you want to give money to this program? And the person said, I want to give some money to this program. And one of the hardest things for me to do as a pastor was to ask the very next question, how much money do you want to give? And the person felt very comfortable with that question and came up with a significant contribution. Congregations are bombarded with requests for charitable activity and involvement from all kinds of programs and all kinds of agencies. Much of that is based on an emotional appeal to individuals. How is it possible to test one's feelings as a congregation and to discern which project is more attractive or appealing and how we should decide? It's easy to think that emotional giving is less mature than planned giving. And I wonder about that because I don't think we want to contrast emotional giving with planned giving, but emotional giving with emotionless giving. And I'd hate for our congregation to give in an emotionless way or in a way that is, well, this is our duty this is what we promised to do when we were baptized and became members of this church. So the question becomes, how can we use emotion with integrity and not in a manipulative way? And I think that is simply by telling the story well. For many years, I worked with Mennonite Church Canada in Botswana. And I really believed in what I was doing and what the other Mennonite Church Canada workers were doing in Botswana and Southern Africa. And I often thought to myself, if people back in Canada could only see and experience what we were doing, there would be no problem with money. In 1996, uh, my family and I came back to Canada. My wife and I became uh, pastors at Douglas Mennonite Church, and I was asked to serve on the Christian Formation Council of Mennonite Church Canada. Now each year, the Christian Formation Council and the Christian Witness Council and the other governing structures of Mennonite Church Canada, we meet together in something called the Leadership Assembly. A frequent experience of mine at the Leadership Assembly was to come home after three or four or five days of meeting together with other leaders in Mennonite Church Canada and having the opportunity to hear what Mennonite Church Canada was doing here in Canada, in other regions outside of Manitoba and around the world and thinking to myself, 
I wish I was richer than I was because there's all these good causes to give money away to. And I wished that uh, many people in my congregation could be sitting in on those leadership assembly discussions because they suddenly would be inspired to give in a very generous way. I think if we had 10 different people from Douglas Mennonite Church sitting in on the leadership assembly, they would be inspired to give in 10 different ways. There would be 10 different programs or 10 different stories that would inspire them. What I am learning about the giving patterns in our congregation is that people don't want to be told, you must give to that. They want options. How does your congregation handle or respond to urgent and emergency needs? What we try and do as a church leadership is to think about these issues before those urgent matters arise. One thing that we've done uh, about two years ago was to form a living and giving team. And the purpose of this team is not to raise money for the church. The purpose of this team is to promote the spiritual discipline of generosity. So, for instance, one of the things that they do is every year, they've done, this, done it now for two years, is to put a worksheet in the church newsletter to help people think through, at the beginning of the year, how much money they want to give uh, away to all sorts of different charitable causes. And the assumption behind this worksheet is that people will give to other, other causes outside of the congregation, and that is part of their response to God's generosity. The second thing that we do is to preach regularly on financial issues and on generosity. The third thing that we've done this year is to give people the opportunity to hold themselves accountable to their giving goal. So uh, several months ago, everyone got a little envelope with a little slip inside. And if they chose to participate in this, and we said to people, only participate in this if you think this will be helpful to you, write in your financial giving goal for the year. And so they had a, there's a spot where we could just write in how much we wanted to give away in the following year. That envelope was sealed. It was handed back to the church. And the church has no interest in opening these envelopes. They're put aside. And then at the end of the year, they'll be put back in people's mailboxes unopened so that people can remind themselves, oh, this was my giving goal for the year. And then how am I doing um, in comparison to my goal? And again, this isn't a fundraising technique for the church. This is just a way of encouraging people uh, to think about the spiritual discipline of generosity in their own lives. What wisdom can you offer other congregations as they are discerning which projects and partnerships that they should be involved in and support? As a church leader, I'm very hesitant to say no. But I, what I think we can do as church leaders is to ask ourselves, what is the appropriate kind of support that we will give to this request? And so we say yes on many different levels. Probably the deepest way that we say yes to a request for funds is to build it into our church budget. We say yes to other organizations without building those yeses into our budget. Probably the clearest example here is Mennonite Central Committee, MCC. We say yes to MCC by sending workers to work in the thrift stores or at their sales. Um, we allow them uh, full access to our congregation for any information that they want to put into our bulletin as an insert or as an announcement. So we say yes to MCC without building it into our budget. 
There are other organizations whom we say yes to in different ways. For instance, we say yes to a variety of organizations by letting them use our building uh, for little or no cost. We say yes to that and we waive our usual rental fees. So we've said yes to them without building that into our budget. And then there's a lot of organizations we say yes to in the sense of we will pass on your information. There's a variety of these organizations that we say we know enough about you to feel good about you so we will put your posters up on our bulletin boards and if we have the space to put your announcements in our bulletins. And then very infrequently do we give a flat no. And sometimes it's not even because we have uh, misgivings about the organization but we feel that our congregation wants information to be sifted and they don't want to be uh, bombarded with requests. So sometimes we say, no, there's three good fundraising appeals going on right now. We are not going to put a fourth into our bulletin. Thanks very much for taking the time to be with us today. Thanks for taking the time to be part of this series. Well, thanks for the invitation. That's our program for today. As always, we welcome your comments. You can call us at one 866 888-6785 or email office at mennonitechurch.ca with your comments, concerns, and suggestions. In the meantime, we invite prayer and financial support for the many causes of Mennonite Church Canada. To learn more about this work, visit our special projects website at www.healingandhope.ca. There you can donate online or you can send a gift directly to 600 Shaftesbury Boulevard, Winnipeg, Manitoba, R3P0M4. Write Church Matters on the envelope. My name is Dan Dick. And I'm Janet Plennert. You've been listening to Church Matters, where our prayer is that you will be called, equipped, and sent to be the church in the world today. Tune in again at this same time on the third Sunday of the month to hear more about the many ways that the church matters. Thanks for joining us. As you go out from here, may the Lord go with you. The face of God shine on you every day. We are sent by God wherever we are living, salt and light as people of the way.